0: Well, we're in a series, started last week, called More, uh, and today we're going to talk about change. We all want more change in our lives, whether we, <laughs> we know it or not. I know, you're all like, I don't like change. Yeah, you do. You're asking for it all around you all the time. You just don't want it. You're you don't want you to Change. So we're all trying to start something new, uh, stop something old, and the crazy thing is, is we have this, uh, this thing in humanity, being human, is we tend to fall back into old patterns. I don't know what that might be for you. Uh, you might want to stop uh, eating that second bag of chips at night. Okay, maybe not. Uh, uh, maybe it's uh, that online activity that you realize is uh, not healthy, it's destructive. You, you, you want to be a little more proactive. Maybe it's not so depth like that, but you want to just be a little more proactive in your life. You realize that uh, the lazy boy is uh, making you lazy, right? We just tend to fall back into these old patterns, and you, you want to move forward. You want to change, and in new seasons, we have wonderful opportunities to change our patterns and change our behaviors and put a stake in the ground. Maybe it's a reading the word. You realize, wait a second, I call myself a follower of Jesus, but I haven't picked up my Bible digitally or physically in like four or five months until the pastor says, hey, pull that one out in front of you in the pew Bible. That's not accusation, that's reality. I know, it's tough. Maybe you want to start exercising. Maybe you, you want to pray more. Maybe you want to take better care and manage your money in a way that allows you not to just have wealth when you're older, but be able to give away generously to others as we are called to do, actually, as, as followers. I mean, there's so many different things that you could put down. I mean, it, we could just sit here and go, okay, turn, you know, write down what, what is the goal that you set this week and what has already slipped? What, what has already kind of been off kilter? Because that's the way it happens. That's often the way our, it happens. So this is... Our declaration from last week with God's help we will choose what we want more over what we want now we will choose with God's help and that is key we will choose what we want more over what we want now it's vastly important to understand that that there's things within us that are chasing us to do something now so last night I'll just tell you what happened uh, Kathy uh, and a friend made baklava. Uh, how many of like baklava? How many know, know that you can't stop with just one? <laughs> yeah, that was my issue, man. You know, it was just, I mean, so in my, in my, I, I didn't do this well. This is the reality of our humanity, is that we often say to ourselves, look, you only need one, but two's got to be better, Right? Paul has a a pointed passage that kind of arrests us in this pattern, I think, of our lives. So if you will, I'm not going to have you stand today. If you will, uh, the scripture will be on the screen. Follow along with me with the scripture. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So listen to Paul. So run to win. We'll get into some other stuff that are culture tells us all athletes are disciplined in their training they do it to win a prize that will fade they do it to win a prize that will fade away how many of you thrown out trophies yeah I've thrown out a few right mom you can just get rid of it it really is in the past it doesn't represent right now so but we do it get it as followers of Jesus we do it For an eternal price. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete. Training it to do what it should do. Paul was talking about. Was taking this competitive metaphor. And was talking to his audience. About what they would understand clearly. He was writing to the Corinthians. Who would understand this athletic uh metaphor and just like we would in other ways they had uh something called uh the olympic games yep uh in that location they would have had the ismanian games though and they would have known about the competition and the rigor of the competitions that were happening there you 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 know if you if you're going to be a runner uh you do the things that are going to discipline your body in a way so that you can run. I remember uh, I was a youth pastor, seems like a long time ago now. I was watching one of my students run. His dad was getting uh, uh, aggravated. <laughs> he said, after the race, he said, Chris, what did you have for lunch? French fries? Nothing else was said. I mean, French fries are not fuel for running. As much as we think they might be, they're not fuel for running, and especially not to be able to win, right? It's this it was the same way for them. It's like, wait a second, they would understand this. So Paul was talking to a group that understand the understood at least the value of competition and celebrated the thrill of victory. That's something that maybe we have lacked in our lives a little bit, that that idea of crossing the finish line uh, to win, Uh, not to just get a participation trophy or a sticker or whatever. He says, Paul says this, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. How many of you are a little bit competitive? How many of you like to win? How many of you are lying to me right now? (laughs) Meaning, you know, there are probably not, you know, we're talking about running to win. You're like, I could care less about running. But there's something that lights your fire, because I could ask uh, your friends around you or your spouse, and they would tell us, right? So Paul is writing here not about athletics you do know that right he is not writing about being an athlete well that's important our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit how we treat them is very very important very important because then we have the ability to do what Jesus asks us to do when we take care of our bodies the way he tells us but he is not talking about that What he's talking about is that we, as followers of Jesus, and if you're not a follower in here, uh, you're listening in on a conversation that Paul's having with those who say, I follow Jesus, okay? And you might want it to apply to you, but it doesn't shroud you. It just doesn't. What Paul is talking about to those of us who are followers of Jesus is this, is that we follow the king of all kings, the God of all the little gods, if you will, in our world. We do not follow just any one person. We follow, as we sang earlier through the Apostles' Creed, the one who can save our soul, that we believe in the one who is resurrected from the grave. This should matter to us and matter beyond a Sunday, but every day. The Greek Epithecus, the great philosopher, he said this about these races that they would have known about, these Ismanian uh, Ismanian games. He said, If you withdraw without sufficient reason, you'll be whipped. If you just quit, this is the point he was making if you just quit because you're lazy, tired, or pathetic, you'll be whipped, kind of harsh, right? Uh, but there's a, there's a, there should be a burning desire underneath us as followers of Jesus to live up to every aspect that Christ is calling us to within our ability in the moment that we're living in, not somebody else's, but in our ability in this moment to live up to and into for the body of Christ and for the love and the sake of God. That is our call. And it should just kind of bubble up in us. We don't want to rationalize the joy of honoring God with every part of who we are. And oftentimes we go, it's okay that I don't go. It's okay that I'm not participating. It's okay. No, it's not. And you think I'm getting angry. I'm not. I'm just telling you what Scripture is clear about that it's vastly important that we live according to what the king has called us to live toward because it's for our greatest good and, as others have heard me say before, for God's glory. It it truly is. So uh, when you look at scripture, there's some pretty lofty assignments from God. Go back to the Garden of Eden. God looks at Adam and Eve and he says, be fruitful and multiple. He says, go and fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, uh, reproduce, conquer, and to be successful, you know, to, to, to harvest, uh, do something significant with your lives that we are to be about it. In the New Testament, Matthew 25, Jesus told a parable about an owner and a manager. By the way, uh, Adam and Eve did not fully succeed on that one, Right? Uh, in the New Testament, Matthew 25, Jesus told a parable about an owner, a manager, who gave three different guys some talents. Uh, two, two of these guys went out to, com- uh, to compete. They went out to win. They doubled their investment, and the master came back and said, well done, you won. Good job, my good and faithful ser- servant. And one guy was afraid to even play because he was afraid of the, of the, uh, of the manager. And he called him in. And instead of kind of going, you know what? I get it. You're, it. It was emotionally and physically and difficult for you. He does not say that. He says, you lazy servant. Those are harsh words. And you're like, well, Jesus was kind. Yeah, he was kind and gracious and merciful. But he also wanted to make sure you got where you're supposed to get. He wanted that point to be made. Jesus, the very last thing he said before ascending into heaven, he looked at his disciples and said, what did he say? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He didn't say to his disciples, you know what? You got it. You got me? It's good. That's all you need. You can sleep in now. Have your coffee. Take it easy. He did not say that. He... he, implored them to not live a less than their, their life kind of way. And again, it is individual, but it is pursuing Jesus with everything you have. He didn't say to waste your life. He actually said to pursue him with everything and to tell everybody about him. I, I think we often find our way to rationalize as i've said before rationalize our our way uh, from winning from saying that it's it's our job to pursue the very best that god has called us and i think we have to ask the question why is that why is it that we we kind of shrink back from the very best that he wishes to give us even if it's painful by the way that's an assumption that many of us have Uh, that Jesus would never lead us into pain. It's not true, is it? Arrow's like, she's shaking her head. She already knows. It's not true. Jesus leads us into pain for a purpose, for a greater design. He often shows us things in our lives, internally, the greatest pain is, internally, that we need to process and pursue. So why is it that we... We don't find ourselves uh, attaining what we've said we want to attain. Why is it that we don't find ourselves uh, succeeding in those areas that we've set out to, to do? Could it be that we have a uh, theology of trying? We have this theology of trying. Uh, we are... We're trying to serve God. That's the language we use. We're trying to read our Bibles, but we have a ton of excuses and none of them matter, actually. Oh, we try to be and loving to our spouse, but you know, we're trying to exercise. I mean, the word trying in and of itself has no teeth. You know that, right? It has no teeth. If, uh, if you were in the military and you're drill sergeant, Said you didn't finish that task, and you said to your drill sergeant, I was trying. Can I, can I tell you how far that would go? I can't. But I I know there's some people that have been in the military that will tell you how far that will go. There is this idea in our world that trying is all you need. Scripture says something vastly different, and it points to different practices and different ways of doing stuff, right? We all need someone to come along and help us change our strategy. So that if that's been your strategy in life, let me be your personal coach at least for a few moments this morning. It's time to change that strategy. We need to move from trying to training. This is a Paul word, not my word. He said we need to train. And training is vastly different than trying, folks. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember the first time I read uh, somebody who built a discipleship material around this idea of moving from training to trying. And I, I was like, this is phenomenal. It's great stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's right on. Because training has teeth. Training has teeth. Trying does not give you traction. But training and practice has traction, it has teeth, it has gears that will get you where you need to go. So let's consider the difference for a few moments, mindset and perspective-wise. We talk about, as I said, we talk about trying to read my Bible, trying to pray, trying to get healthy, trying to be a better husband or spouse. Trying is this, trying is an attempt to change with minimal commitment, with minimal commitment. It sounds good when it comes out of our mouths. It may ring pretty. But if we have true friends around around us, even if we don't change our terminology, they're going to say, well, how are you going to try? Tell me what you're going to do. Right? You would never tell a coach, well, I'm trying. And he'd say, well, trying's great, but we're going to do some more training. We're going to do some more training. And some of you are saying, yep, our football team, whoever you're rooting for today or yesterday or whatever, yep, there's more training that needs to be done. I was thinking the same thing about my football team. I'm like, as if I'm the coach, right? (laughs) They don't need me. Yet training, training is this, is wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific result, and so I think that when we start to break down the whole into pieces, we start to make an achievement in the areas that we're desiring to move into and starting to change. You know the difference between training and t- try, or trying and training. If you're trying, you just show up to hope for better results. I hope this works out, right? This is the trying part of it. But when you're training, you've got a game plan. You've got a business plan. You've taken the time to set it out and put it into practice. Paul says it this way. We've read it together, but I will repeat it. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Are disciplined in their training. They know what they need to do, or they're going to find out. They're going to find somebody who knows. This word translated in the NLT for discipline is translated maybe in some of your NIVs, if you're looking at them, uh, as strict training. And in the Greek... It's this word, agonaz, agonazomai. And some of you are like, I think I know that word. And you're exactly right, you do. It means agony. <laughs> that, that there's something about, there's strict training, there's, there's discipline, that when you train, that there's going to be a little bit of pain that goes with it. There's probably going to be a little bit of uncomfortability. So that's to contend for victory, to strain Every, with every nerve toward a goal. Some of you are coaches. And when you coach your team, you realize that there are limits to some of your uh, players' ability, but you would never be a good coach if you allowed your team not to take the next right step in growing as a player and then as a whole growing as a team. That would be unfair to them. It would be a waste of your time and a waste of their time. It just would. To help people make, to move to the next step in their journey with Jesus is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Paul shares this to the Corinthians, and he says, look, friends, look, friends, this is the way you do it. And it's not because I'm doing it, it's because Jesus set the course for us all. If you were reading with us through Luke and Acts and you actually uh, watched the videos from the Bible Project, through that process, you probably heard at one point, uh, and I can't remember the video, where uh, Tim Mackey makes it clear uh, in their, their presentation, makes it clear that Paul suffered because Jesus suffered. Paul's suffering, he found as an honorable thing to do, a privileged thing to do, because Jesus suffered for him. We need to keep that in our minds and in our perspective. So if you were a part of the Olympic team or Olympic games, you would go into strict training, strict diet. No baklava, no alcohol, no junk food, Uh, You would get exposed to extreme uh, conditions, extreme conditions. So maybe really hot temperatures to see what your limits are and really cold temperatures. Uh, They would maybe nowadays, they would try to, you know, uh, limit your oxygen intake so that your lungs grow bigger and more robust on limited oxygen because if you're taxed to the max, your, your vo2 max is tapped out you still have to keep going they want to know that uh, let's put it this way Let, there are a couple of people who are st- uh, at the starting line of the detroit marathon it's just uh, about a month away or now and one person looks at the other person they don't know each other they look at the other person and they say how, how are you ready how's your training and the thinking that they're going to hear some new training techniques. If you're a runner, you know this, or if you're in other sports, you kind of do this. You kind of drop a few things and you want to go, oh, I, want to, I wonder how they trained. And the other person looks at the guy who asked, the, the person who asked the question and says, you know, I, I hope I do a good job. You know, I, I really didn't, wasn't able to get done what I thought I was get done. And so the conversation may go something like this. So what was your longest mileage day? You know, I think I eked out ten miles, my log day. The one one person looks at the other person and says, "Oh, I wish you all the best." <laughs> the trier, though, looking for as we all do, uh, we can all talk to each other and find this in our areas. The trier uh, is is he's like well. You know, I'm just excited to be here among the crowd, and I'm excited to get a t-shirt. That's not running to win, but that's how many of us are found in our lives and maybe in our spiritual lives. When you have a spiritual assignment from God, when you realize and recognize that the spirit of the living God has deposited into you his own spirit and activated spiritual giftedness in you, you have a vision, you have a dream, uh, trying without training is unthinkable. When, when, When we realize, wait a second, I like to say that I'm a part of the body of Christ. I love to say that I'm a follower of Jesus, yet there is no training in that process. It's, unth- it's really unthinkable. It's limiting to the body of Christ to not be a part of the training that God wishes to give because then you as a part of the team, part of the body are not running to win. You're just running to have your next breath. We're, when we run like this, we're not trying to honor God. We're not in training to be as God created us to be. Uh, Paul, it says this, uh, Paul says this in Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Train yourself to be godly. I think often we think, ah, if I'm just there, that's good enough. Wherever there is. If I am found in Jesus, it's just good enough. But over and over and over, Paul, Jesus, then Paul, then others, demonstrate to us that our engagement in the training of our godliness toward holiness, to being able to live out love in a way that is not just, as it comes to us, but as we can advance the kingdom and advance Jesus into the world is really what God desires for us. Matthew 28 is pretty clear. Go into the world. He didn't say let the world come to us. Somebody here needs to stop trying and start training. Somebody needs to move across the line not only mentally but actively. Embodied spirits we are. So sometimes we go, you know, I don't want to be there. There have been many times uh, through the years where I've said, hmm, it is a tough Sunday. I don't really feel it today. Can I tell you this? Don't tell anybody else. (laughs) I've gone, I don't know if I want to be there today. We have to move from trying to training. I love Jesus, but there are those days and we have to move past emotion. We had a a surprise. uh, Kathy and I had a surprise uh, about a week week ago. I think it was about a week ago. Our exchange student we had in our home a few years ago uh, texted us. Well, she tried to call, but then she texted. She said, hey, I'm in Michigan. like, Susie in Michigan that's great and so come to find out she had landed in Michigan she goes to U of M now we're grateful for that and uh, she was over last night I think I'm safe to say this she, she's giddy about someone right so we got in this conversation uh, about how she was feeling about this individual and I said you know that love is not an emotion right well she's like what like yeah love's not an emotion it's a decision we decide because our emotions can take us the wrong direction way too often so we had like a beautiful conversation and you know, several illustrations about how that's true and even true in her own life and how she's come to, you know, and that while emotions are there, we need to make decisions based that are on solid knowledge, truth. So this is the question. If I get up in the mornings and go, <sighs> on a Sunday morning specifically, and I go, you know, I need an extra cup of coffee i'm suspecting that possibly you might feel that on a sunday morning but you might also feel that rest of the days of week too about living for jesus is it possible because we live in this idea of maybe trying is better than training so how do we get over that hump what is our next step so what do we do how do we train how do we become what Jesus has called us to become? How do we become what God has designed and uh, created us to be? It might be as simple as a state, it might be as simple, uh, stating this statement is simple, but doing it may be harder. There we go. Training is doing today what I can do to enable me to do even more tomorrow. No matter where you're at in your life, no matter what age, what stage, you can do this and what the Lord is asking you to do. Training is doing today what I can do to enable me to do even more tomorrow. Can you run a marathon today? Anybody? There may be a few people online that can not do that. I don't know. Uh, I can't. I'm not sure in many of us can, but can I ask a question if you... Maybe you don't want to, but how many of you might, would like, might like to run a marathon someday? Okay, a few. Not so many. Think of something else then, you know. I mean, Paul uses the illustration, right? Running. So, but what you can do, if that's a goal, to get healthier, to run it all, is you could walk a mile today. Or you could walk a half a mile today. Right? That's Training. That's a game plan. That's going, okay, what can I do today that will allow me to do more tomorrow? What about getting out of debt? Uh, Many of us uh, may not be able to get out of debt in a month. Uh, Maybe we don't have enough packed away to do that. Yet when you're in training, uh, you learn to kind of go, you know what? That lunch that I was going to have out I'm going to bypass lunch because those leftovers in the refrigerator uh, are pretty good. And that $10, 15 $20 spent wherever you go to have a meal is better served in your bank account to project you to your goal. Do you see what I'm saying? There's things you can do. There are things that we all can do. You can if you want to read your Bible, it's not reading your Bible for 30 minutes. It's actually saying, you know what, I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to commit every day because every day is a rhythm, right? Every day is a rhythm. To play catch up doesn't create the rhythm that your, that your life needs and your heart desires. So instead of saying, look, I'm, I'm going to read through the book of Genesis today <laughs> or numbers or whatever, Instead, you say, look, I'm going to read for 10 minutes. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to read for 10 minutes. Wherever I stop, I stop. Lord's going to honor this because I'm trying to honor God, right? We can train in this way. So can can we all be spiritual, spiritual powerhouses overnight as we might understand spiritual powerhouses in our minds? No, we probably cannot. Yet what we can do is exactly what I just said. We can open our Bibles for 10 minutes and we can pray to God about the passage we've read. We can set aside time at our dinner tables with our families and say, you know what? This has not been part of our time together, but I want it to be a part of, I want a stake in the ground. So I'm going to ask my kids this question so where did you see God today? And they're going to be blindsided because they've never heard that question out of my mouth before, but I'm going to ask it anyway and we're going to continue to do that every every day and we're all going to have an opportunity to answer and then we're going to pray about it, right? Or you're going to read scripture, whatever it may be, you can do training, but trying is vastly harder. It really is. Trying is just kind of this vapor in the wind, Paul says this, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. What we've come to realize is that Paul is in training, not to be an athlete as we've said, Uh, not to be like an athlete, excuse me, but to be an athlete. That's the metaphor he's using. I'm, I'm not just gonna be like Michael Jordan, I'm not going to be, you know, whoever it is. I am going to be me, and I'm going to be that athlete as best I possibly can. So every once in a while, uh, Kathy will uh, kind of be on autopilot. Not a bad thing, but it it does happen. She'll say, she'll ask me, what are you going to do today? And she knows my routines and my rhythms. They're pretty, pretty set. Uh, partly because I like it, it keeps me ordered, but partly because it works. There's systems that I work into, and so I'll look at her kind of like, really, you're going to ask me this question today? And usually it goes like this. Well, I have a meeting, you know, and she knows these, by the way, if you're wondering. And I work on my message, and and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Right? I mean, there are, in, there are defined interruptions, don't get me wrong, if you called... We will work out a time, but there are routines. That personally, that is what training is. Training is setting a routine that you you don't deviate from unless the Lord really says you're going to deviate, and you know what those are, right? Training isn't a hopeful experience experiment. It's a devoted commitment driven by a deeper why a deeper why. So you have to internalize who you are. Remember last week we talked about identity. We're coming back to it right now. I'm not going to have a better marriage. We are going to have a great marriage. It's a mindset change. It's stating something that you are aspiring to and that you're going to live to. I'm not going to be a god, I'm not going to try to be a godly parent. I'm going to be a godly parent. Bottom line, you're not going to deviate. You're going to train yourself. You're going to apply it to your world, whatever yours is, you're going to change that mindset because that's what God tells us to do. You're wondering where I'm getting some of this from. Romans 12 is clear that we must train our minds. It's part of offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. We must train our minds. Maybe it's this. I'm not going to try to stop doing that online activity that's shattering my family because I'm fearful of getting caught no, I'm going to tell myself I'm an ambassador of Christ in training, honoring God with the purity of my mind and my body, my whole being. That's who I am. That's who God sees me as. You see, we have to have God's help in all this. We have to change our mind by the spirit changing us from the inside out, right? And it's, that's how we win. We win by taking not the identity that we wear, that we say about ourselves or what we may think other people say about us. That doesn't matter, by the way. But what we what we do is we, we put on Christ and we start to say to ourselves the truth of how he sees us, that we're loved, dearly loved children. We sang a little bit about it earlier. We need to change this. And the change comes, we're going to hit it again, we hit it last week, the change comes not by your own power. Uh, it doesn't come by your own uh, creative designing your training pa- pattern. It does not come that way. Scripture is clear, Train, the, 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 the change comes when we allow the spirit of the living God to empower us to do what we know to do to be as right. So it's the spirit of the living God that does the tra- changing. We might do the training, but He does the changing. He is the transformer of our minds and our hearts. And we tell ourselves we can do this. You can change your identity when you know who you are, and know what you do, what to do. You're not trying to become something in the future. You are training to be more what God says you are today. So, who are you? My son and daughter, son or daughter, the Great High King. When we do that, we live into the today. Oftentimes we think, oh, when I get to heaven, I want to hear someday, good job, faithful servant. But can I tell you what might change it to get to that day is to hear that today. When you get to the end of the day, when you lay your head on the pillow and we ask this question in some of the forums I'm in, I say, how does Jesus see you today? How does God see you today? See, we have to change our minds. We have to change our hearts. And so when we do that, we start to take on what God says. And so when we live to it today, we can live to it tomorrow. But it's by the power of the Spirit that we do this. Let's pray. Father, we ask by the power of your risen Son, Jesus, infused by the Holy Spirit to help us become more like Jesus, glorifying you in all that we do. All that we do. All that we do. Friend, do you want to change? Uh, do you want fruit in this new season? Do, when, you, when you stand at the starting line of each day, do you want to win? Do you want to run to win? Do you want to be different? If you do, just lift your hand up. Uh, you could be a follower of Jesus and this is true of you, you want to win every single day. Do you want to win? Just raise your hand. I'd love to pray for you. Father, I ask by the power of your spirit first that you would change how we see ourselves, not like our failures of the past, but God, help us to see ourselves as you see us Call ourselves what you call us. God, help us to see ourselves as victorious, as overcomers, as ones who can do all things you call us to do through Christ, who gives us strength. Then, God, give us the courage to stop trying in our own power, but infused by the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. God, help us to train, to be in training, to train to be godly, train to win. Lord, train to be your sons and daughters that we were created to be. We believe, God, that you will empower us. But we're not trying anymore. We're training. Friend, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's, that's your prayer. That's my prayer today. But some of you may have found that you have tried and tried and tried and you continue to hit a wall. But you've been doing it under your own power. And can I tell you that there's a love and a force that's far greater than you have ever imagined to empower you to be all you can be. It is Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for you. He, he rose from the grave empowered by the Spirit so that you could be set free. Set free from your sins, set free from the fear of death and given life eternally. It's God's goodness and grace to you, raised uh, that's came that is for you whatever you're dealing with whatever you want to overcome whatever you've been trying to 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 manage it doesn't have to be managed alone nor by your own power but by the spirit of God so maybe your step today is to take one more step toward him to stop trying to be good enough on your own to recognize that because of Jesus you can become a child of God who's empowered by the spirit of the living God. If that's you today, be bold. Don't back up. Lean in. Step to the line and allow the spirit to transform and change you. But you need to declare your your desire to follow Jesus. You can do this with this prayer or your prayer But if it's your prayer today, pray it now. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me for my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow love and live for you. In Jesus' name. In a moment, we're going to sing this last song.